Thank you for tuning in to Speaking Candidly with Candace, your voice for mental health and personal growth. I'm your host, Candace Schoner. My guest today is Amy, a former employee with an international consumer product company. Amy woke up one morning after a trip to Mexico and didn't recognize her own husband or son. Amy, welcome to the podcast. We are delighted to have you. Welcome, Amy, to the podcast. Hello. So happy to have you, and I appreciate you sharing your story. For our listeners, I want to let you know that I'm referring to Amy by her first name only at her request to provide privacy to her family members. Well, let's start at the beginning, Amy. Do you remember, or through what other people have told you, uh, what happened when you first woke up and didn't remember anybody and where you were? Um, I was in the hospital is my recollection and I really kind of just woke up and didn't understand where I was and had to have others explain it to me. Now we've talked before this podcast and you mentioned that it is a brain injury but unlike a traumatic brain injury which most of us are familiar with a TBI uh, it was a different type of injury. Can you explain? Um, I have what's called an uh, acquired brain injury, an ABI, um, similar to uh, other uh, acquired brain injuries might be a stroke, Um, but it is not a blunt force trauma to the head. It's uh, something that happens internally. So that must have been very hard on your family, and I imagine um, because of the acquired brain injury, you had to quit your job and focus on recovery. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, More so that I just was completely non-functional. So I am on pretty much permanent disability. It's not that I quit my job. It's just that I can essentially no longer perform that job. So when you woke up in the hospital, you said you did not recognize your husband or your son. Um, At what point do you remember in the recovery did people start to become familiar to you? Um, Well, I'll tell you, I wish I had a good answer for that Um, because I, you know, didn't really recognize others. Um, I did not even really uh, know my own birthday. And um, certainly I needed to look at pictures um, to be able to kind of reacquaint myself to the world around me and to the people in my life. How long were you in the hospital? Do you remember that or was told how long you were? A couple of weeks. Okay. It's kind of strange because I'm asking you about your memories and yet this is the problem that you have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how to really phrase the question. So I'm going to work with you if you work with me. And I think in our initial interview, you said that this happened to you about 10 years ago. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And at the time, how old were you? 39. So I imagine at 39, you have a great job. 
Um, were you looking forward to the future and did you have plans to move up the corporate ladder or what did you think you were going to be doing at 40 or, or, or 10 years later? Um, the company that I worked for was uh, very good at moving people to different roles in the organization um, to get everybody a, a more broad perspective so that as you do move up the ladder that uh, you can have a balanced perspective um, when you need to make decisions. And so I was, you know, expecting that I would move up at uh, a, you know, a pace acceptable to both myself and my company and my family. Um, but uh, I imagine like most people, there was a lot of time spent with my husband talking about when can we retire? <laughs> wow. Yep. When can, when can we just, you know, start traveling and not have to worry about how much vacation we have and when we need to get back to work. And, and I feel like, okay, well, entering onto a uh, disability is sort of like going on a permanent quote unquote vacation, except, you know, when you can't get in your car and even drive to the grocery store without getting lost, that doesn't seem like a great vacation. It sounds very similar to aspects of Alzheimer's or dementia. Did anybody else make that comparison? Or would you make uh, that comparison? No, nobody has made that comparison. I would expect that, uh, you know, folks in the medical community would definitely not want to be uh, throwing those terms out there because they want to be exact in their diagnoses. Um, so nobody has, has said that to me. So talk about, since we're talking about diagnoses, and my apologies to the medical community, don't mean to offend them. I am certainly not a medical doctor, but the brain is a very complex organ. Um, so how long did it take your doctors to kind of figure out what was going on with you? Um, a while. Um, certainly I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and, uh, Lots of tests were run, um, and so, you know, there was that amount of time, but uh, even the medical community is still kind of uh, calling me a medical mystery as to how exactly I did get what I got. Which and was, it was uh, vir it's viral encephalitis, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Which, do you know how it's usually, is it because you traveled to Mexico? Is it something that you could have got there? Or is it just your body's reaction to something else? Um, it potentially was something that I, um, that I got when I was in Mexico. It could have been, you know, lots, lots of things happen on airplanes, right? Perhaps right. it was just something I encountered on an airplane. But, uh, but it's not a, a contagious thing between people. So, um, you know, it's not airborne or, or anything like that. A good fact to point out. So unlike a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, it's not from forced blunt trauma. It's not a noticeable cause of the brain injury, correct? Correct. So the doctors release you from the hospital, I assume at a certain point. You go home. 
What was that like? And I imagine you needed some special care from your family, friends, or even nurses. Um, my mother-in-law came to help out. My sister also um, took some time off of work and came to help out. Um, I didn't have any in-home caregiver other than family. Um, you sound so positive, and that's one of the things that I really appreciated when we had our pre-interview. I love your positivity. How do you stay positive, if I could ask? You know, it is a daily focus. And I have put a lot of time and energy into a yoga practice. And my yoga practice also includes meditation. And to just be able to take yourself into a place of gratitude versus a place where the focus is what, what I can't do. I should say that's I, uh, a very important distinction because I think a lot of us focus on the negativity rather than the positive things and what you can do. Yes. And I have a life coach. Um, I have uh, been speaking with him for gosh, the last, you know, nine and a half years. Um, and I have a daily gratitude practice. So 10 years ago, you, you had the injury your, and your memory was pretty non-existent, it sounds like, for a while. Yes. And is it, has it been growing and increasingly getting or have it plateaued? Um, that's a great question. And when I am kind of feeling down about myself, I will definitely point to the idea that I have plateaued. And then I try to think, you know what? There's always an example and it just takes time to develop that example. And what I always end up coming back to after I had the brain injury and certainly I was not able to work that I would get out and want to go for a walk because sitting in your own house and looking at the four walls all day long gets really, really old. <laughs> and so I would want to get out and go for a walk just to, to do something with my day. And I needed to take my phone with me and I would need to call my sister in the middle of her work day if I was, you know, walking in the middle of the day, which was usually the case. I could not walk around the block without getting lost. And I can imagine anybody just immediately chuckling at that thought. Come on, you couldn't walk around the block just like take a left at every single stop, right? Eventually, you'll run into your own house again. Yeah. But if you can't remember 
which way you went at the last corner and you come up to the next corner, which way do you go? I'll tell you, I think we all take our memory and our brain for granted. And I, yeah. I love that you are finding the light and the humor in this, but I'm sure that there have been struggles. Uh, do you mind sharing some of the more difficult moments that you've had? Um, well, and, and let me just kind of finish a thought related to, uh, to walking around the block. Sure. Perhaps not being able to walk around the block. I would call my sister in the middle of the day at a corner and tell her what the sign said for the two streets that I was on at that corner. And she would Google Maps me home. Thank God for Google Maps. Right? <laughs> to be able to be able to essentially walk somebody home six hours away. But here's the other question. I know I just asked you to talk about some of your struggles, but the whole reading the maps, reading the 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 sign, the street signs. I imagine you had to learn to reread, or how did that all work? Um, I, you know, my son was two at the time, and I really, really wanted to be able to connect back with my husband and back with my son. And before, uh, before the brain injury, I would tuck him in and I would sing him a song at the very end of the night. And that would, you know, ultimately put him to sleep. Um, I began to read to him and the reading was great for me too. But certainly at age two, I was teaching him how to read, but when you got books for a two-year-old, many times there are fun rhymes in the book. And so sometimes, you know, there was a victory for me that as we read that same book for the hundredth time, that maybe I would actually be able to say the rhyme on the next page before we get to the next page. And... <laughs> You know, the books that we read, you know, Llama Llama, Holiday Drama, <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't imagine that a 39 year old would be needing to read that book to, you know, get back to actually enjoying books. But I didn't read, you know, I didn't read a chapter book for years, years and years, because when you can't remember the paragraph that you just read, what's the point of reading the next paragraph right and and certainly not being able to remember the last chapter that you read at some point I actually did sign up to go to a local book group at the library and I read each chapter and summarized what I remembered from each of those chapters and then after the book was over could go back and read each chapter summary and sort of almost be able to tell you what the whole book was about. And I remember going to that book group meeting and when I read off of my list of, of things, read what I thought the, the book was about, they actually applauded. 
That's sweet. That's very nice. Um, you know, talking about people's attitudes um, and that they applauded, do you feel that there's a stigma to brain injury? Um, you know, it's kind of easy to say yes, but, but I feel like I have to say no, right? Almost any time that I mention that I have terrible memory to somebody who, you know, I've either just met or, you know, met not that long ago, you know, Hey, I have terrible memory. I, um, and, and I usually don't share, Hey, I suffer from a brain injury. Pretty much 99.9% .9 of the population will immediately smile and laugh and say, Oh my gosh, I have terrible memory too. Well, that's gotta be comforting, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly brings a new attitude to a friendship, right? Not the, oh, you know, what you might expect of a bunch of teenagers, really, of a crappy memory. Pfft. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everyone says, oh, yeah, I have a terrible memory, too. What would you say would be the worst thing to say to somebody who says, you know, I have a terrible memory or I have a ABI? Um, possibly something that indicates, oh yeah, I kind of figured something was wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But, but it somehow is obvious to others. Do you feel like it's, it's obvious in your day-to-day -day connections with people? Um, I think that it is not. I think that I have come to a place where perhaps I am, I'm good at hiding the things that I, you know, don't have great memory for. Um, and certainly, you know, those who do know always kind of chuckle if I say that I can't remember something. Oh, yeah, of course. Who needs to remember that, right? People right. I, I have found are uplifting and supportive. Wow, you're and hanging around with a really good crowd. I, hope I know that all of us could have that kind of connection and positive reinforcement because as a mental health advocate, um, I see both sides of the stories. On that note, though, I do want to ask you about connection to your two-year-old child today and that would make him 12 is that correct he is 12 years old knocking on the door of 13 <laughs> and does he understand that you have an abi he absolutely does um that uh you know we both my husband and i have you know shared that with him and he is amazing which i fully recognize is um something that every parent would say about their child <laughs> we would hope so um that i <clears throat> you know it's easy to say that you know i'm the mama i taught my boy how to read right but that uh, what I am excited about um, is 
that the two of us started to take martial arts classes together. And this was, you know, a couple of few years ago. That someday I will be able to say, you know what? There was a time that I couldn't remember how to get home when I was just out for a walk around the block. But I got my black belt with my son. Awesome. You know, awesome. I look forward to being able to say that. So are there things are there things today that you tend to always forget? Like now, you know, in the beginning of the story, we talked about how you woke up, didn't recognize your husband and your child. Uh, I assume you're now able to remember people in your life. Are there things, again, that you just struggle with in terms of memory? I do still struggle with directions. Um, I do still need to type in directions in the GPS to get to a lot of places that are further away if I need to be driving 30 miles to get somewhere. Um, and it is always a, a personal victory when I do finally remember how to get to that place that I go to every single week. Um, names and faces still are a bit of a challenge. So there are folks sometimes that I, you know, need to sort of give a quiet nickname to, to be able to remember their name. Um, that I, you know, have to employ those compensation strategies again to be able to remember how to get places and how to, you know, remember names and faces. But did looking at photos help you to remember your past or was it stories from family and friends? And how much of that is important to you to remember the past? Um, I do very much enjoy looking at old photos. Um, and I might not be able to remember those events or those dates, but being able to photos with, you know, my family or, you know, me in the photo is so fantastic. And, you know, I come back to this thought of, you know, who doesn't have a Facebook account, right? But who posts in Facebook limiting their audience to themselves? You know, at the end of the day, I do sit down and write out what it is in my day that was positive that I could look back on and think, yeah, that, that's great. Others don't have that in their life, perhaps, even though I have the brain injury and others may not. The information provided by Speaking Candidly with Candace is for general information purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. If you or someone you know is having suicidal thoughts, please call the National Crisis Hotline 988 or the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-TALK. This program is produced by Shona Communications and paid for in part 
by the generous support of individual and corporate donations. If you would like to support this program, please visit our website, mentalfitnesssupport.com. And remember, every cloud has a silver lining.